into A to Z Sports Primetime, not from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios, but from Indianapolis, Indiana. That small little sign right there is Lucas Oil Stadium. My uh, my weatherman impression is off. That is where the drills are going to be run tomorrow, right there, right over there, from the hotel room. Happy to have you guys in for another show. Proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. That's where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the number one Ashton or the number one Remax team in the whole wide world. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress or sell your home for more at GaryAshton.com. Of course, Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, the best car dealership experience with a non-commissioned sales staff that put no pressure on you throughout the course of the car search. TwoRiversFord.com is where you go to find out more about the Built For You program. And of course, DraftKings Sportsbook promo code A to Z Sports will get you in on all the action in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So uh, today, today, just to kind of run you through where we are in the combine process, this is day two of the NFL combine. We had coaches and general managers wrapping up media availability today. Quarterbacks, tight ends, and wide receivers all spoke to the media And I got a bunch of good clips for you guys on that on social media. So now we get into the workout process, right, where quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends all start to participate in the drills. The offensive linemen will speak to us tomorrow, and then they'll take part in the drills the following day, and so on and so forth as the cycle continues. But in the meantime, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel met with the media. And a lot of our discussions with John and Mike obviously revolved around what went wrong last season, how it ended, and how they need to fix it, right? That's basically the crux of the conversation every year at this time. And so when it kind of comes down to what the first item on the agenda is and basically what we are here to discern and determine, the question I want to ask you is this. Obviously, there will be free agency between now and the NFL draft, but given that the article I wrote today off a conversation with John Robinson is up and live now at A2ZSports.com. We spent a lot of time talking about instant impact from first-round rookies. And so that's the place that I want to start with you guys in the comment section. Your Two Rivers Ford take. What position should the Titans take in the first round of the NFL draft? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together Over the course of this evening's show, your Two Rivers Ford take, of course, is always welcome. And as you do that, I will tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford make the primetime show possible. They also make the Two Rivers Ford take possible. They also have won so many awards over the course of the nearly 40 years that they've been in business because their customer service is so exceptional. Not only do you get a superior product in Ford vehicles, quality American-made Ford vehicles. You, of course, can make sure that you feel no pressure throughout the course of the car buying process at Two Rivers Ford because their stale staff does not work on commission, which means they're making a paycheck whether they sell you a car or not. I personally, in buying my new car, worked with Jonathan Wittelick, who was exceptional to work with throughout the course of the process. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, What position should the Titans take in the first round? That's the question for you guys on this 
what is it? Wednesday night show. I had to think about it today. Days all blur together at this time of year. Uh, for BK Titans 85, he says left guard or wide receiver. Let Saffold walk, restructure Lawan to get that cap number down, re-sign Ben, make the left guard the priority, in my opinion. And there's a lot of good depth in this offensive line class. Now, you know, 26th for a guard, you know, it's always best player available, right? Always best player available throughout the course of these conversations, at least in the first round at this point. So when you kind of break down where the where the impact is coming from and how much you need to hit on the first round pick, if the best player available at 26 overall, if that's where you choose to select, if that ends up being an offensive lineman, well, I listen, I'll, I'll uh, cast no shame on John for that. If that is the consensus, best overall player available at 26 overall. But rarely is it an offensive guard, especially when you can continue to find guys like that in the fourth. I mean, Nate Davis is a third-round pick. Roger Saffold, if memory serves, was a first-round pick. I would have to go back and uh, and double-check that, the history of guards. But like here in Indianapolis, right, one of the biggest conversations they have is how pissed they are that they spent a top-five pick, different kind of a pick, but a top-five pick on an offensive guard who's probably going to cost something in the area of $20 million a year here very, very soon. The value on guard versus wide receiver, one obviously much more important than the other. How many guards on the Super Bowl teams can you name that didn't play for the Titans, by the way? Quentin Nelson, or not Quentin Nelson, Quentin Spain, other Quentin, would be a cop-out because obviously he played for your team. But how many guards can you name that were on competitive NFL uh, NFL playoff teams other than uh, other than Trey Smith with Kansas City because he played for Tennessee and Quentin Spain because he played for the Titans. The answer is probably not many unless you're a Rams fan, a Bengals fan, a Chiefs fan, whatever, right? Guard isn't all that important, at least in the first round. Now, wide receiver is very much open for debate. The larger point is the Titans have to hit on their first round selection, right? There can be no um, kind of year two plan for these guys who are coming in, even if you are picking in the back half of the first round, which basically amounts to a high second-round pick. 26th overall, if you look at the how these things are valued, you don't necessarily get the instant impact players from basically 20 on in the way that you would normally associate with a first-round pick. So when you kind of dissect this, it's a tough spot that they're in, not a bad spot because they continue to win. But for John Robinson, he knows that he has to knock this thing out of the park, and went and talking to John today on the radio show, I basically asked him, well, you know, I think you're going to hear my question as to how he kind of evaluates whether a uh, whether a first-round pick can come in and have immediate impact right away. This was John Robinson on the radio show earlier today. Teams are built outside of just the first round, but obviously that's what a lot of football fans gravitate towards. For you guys, is is it a necessity for your first-round pick to be able to provide you instant impact? Or are you guys in a position as a roster to kind of slow play things a little bit in, in the cases of somebody like Jeff or Caleb last year? Yeah, I think those two guys are, are good examples. I think that when, um, you know, when we selected Jeffrey, there was everybody kind of saw his talent, but there was um, a little bit of, well, you're not going to get the player. And I think we've, we've certainly seen what he's capable of doing. Uh, congrats to him on making the Pro Bowl this year. Um, 
and, and Caleb, you know, he, he came back off the, you know, his, his injury before the com you know, after the combine, well, it wasn't a combine last year, but, yeah. um, and, and then unfortunately hit it, you know, got hurt in, in a game there in, in Nissan. So, um, but he's working hard. Um, I, I think when you talk to that, about that first round pick, ideally you would love for it to be clean. Sure. You'd love for it to be in, come in and be a premium starter. And you never know in the first round where those guys come from. There's guys picked at the back of the first round that end up being, you know, really, really good. DeAndre Hopkins was the back of the first round guy. And you got guys at the top of the round that, that don't do so good. So um, I think we when we talk scouting terms, you, you know, you've certainly got grade-wise guys that we think will come in and be, you know, day one impact players. Those guys typically are gone before we pick because we typically pick at the back of the round. Um, not a it, bad problem to have. It's not a terrible problem. I'm not complaining. But then you've got guys that you're really looking at year two, all right? So once this guy comes in, he gets acclimated, this guy can start for us, and we think we can win football games with him. So that's John Robinson on the radio show earlier today. Welcome back, A to Z Sports Primetime, live from Indianapolis, the site of the 2022 NFL Combine, directly behind me here at our, uh, our broadcast location, which just happens to be my hotel room. Um, with all of these things that are happening and the way that John kind of laid that out, you know, you understand where they've selected and how things kind of uh, and how things kind of play themselves out and basically how they've looked at this, how they've looked at this with where they've been picking in the first round. Now, the, the highest selection that they've had in recent memory was in 2019 with Jeffrey Simmons. And of course, with the way that things uh, with the way that things went down. For Big Jeff, you saw a situation where, of course, there were some questions around Jeffrey himself. We, uh, you know, not to discount the conversation around the simple assault that he was charged with, of course, the, uh, the in 2016 when he was on video um, punching a woman, right? So that all, that all was spiraling around Jeff Simmons during the draft process because, of course, he wasn't allowed to attend this very event. He wasn't allowed to attend the combine because of that simple assault charge. So not only are you taking a, a character risk, we know now that that's those concerns have very, very much been alleviated, but not only were you taking a character risk at the time after you had, prior to you doing your vetting process, but it also was that Jeffrey tore, tore his ACL in February prior to the draft in April. Um, this was a big situation where you looked at this in a in a time where they were trying to get through the Marcus Mariota ceiling, right? I just wrote about this. 2019, Tannehill wasn't the quarterback yet. You weren't sure how this draft class specifically was going to pan out, but you knew that they had a stud defensive tackle still in Jarrell Casey and that this almost felt like a luxury pick. So when they made the decision to draft Jeffrey Simmons, it was best player available at the time. You knew you had a fantastic talent. The question was, was his health going to maintain, and did you properly vet the character? Several years after the fact, Jeff seems like he's, I mean, several years removed from the incident in 2016. Jeff seems like he's come a long way from a personal growth standpoint, but also he's clearly a Pro Bowl, borderline all-pro caliber player. So when you talk about these risks that they kind of take in the first round and the lack of immediate impact, you're talking about Jeff who did not play until week seven in 2019. You're talking about Isaiah Wilson in 2020, who played four total snaps, three of them on offense in victory formation, and one on field goal block where he got planted on his ass. So Isaiah Wilson completely 
Uh, a complete waste of time and space, obviously. Then you have Caleb Farley, who you took a risk on it, 26th overall last year. He seemed like he made a full recovery from the back injury, and all of a sudden you he's forced to get playing time, probably before he's ready, and then he goes out there and he tears his ACL um, in just terrible, terrible fashion. It was deeply disappointing for Caleb Farley, of course, and for Titans fans who just wanted to see a first-round pick come in right away and make make plays. What John has just outlined for you is the idea that a lot of times they don't it doesn't happen that way unless you're picking at the very, very top of the first round, which of course the Titans have been fortunate enough not to do because they continue to win regular season games. But at some point, your rookies have to have an instant impact. And I want you to hear from John Robinson about that here in just a second. Again, right after I tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac has you covered. They're the best in the business, Brymac.com. All of their uh, all of their great, um, whether it's commercial, whether it's residential, their great crew will make sure that you have exactly what you need at B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical. So I want to play that clip back for you guys of John on the radio show today talking about instant impact and how they go about discerning whether a rookie will be able to give that to them outside of the injury component that allows them to find players at value. This was John on the radio show today. Teams are built outside of just the first round, but obviously that's what a lot of football fans gravitate towards. For you guys, is is it a necessity for your first round pick to be able to provide you instant impact, or are you guys in a position as a roster to kind of slow play things a little bit in in the cases of somebody like Jeff or Caleb last year. Yeah, I think those two guys are, are good examples. I think that when um, you know w- when we selected Jeffrey, there was you know, everybody kind of saw his talent, but there was um, you know, a little bit of well, you're not going to get the player. And I think we've we've certainly seen what he's capable of doing. Uh, congrats to him on making the Pro Bowl this year. Um, and, and Caleb, you know, he, he came back off the, you know, his, his injury before the combine, you know, after the combine. Well, it wasn't a combine last year, but, yeah. um, and, and then unfortunately hit it, you know, got hurt in, in a game there in, in Nissan. So, um, but he's working hard. Um, I, I think when you talk to that about that first round pick, ideally you would love for it to be clean. Sure. You'd love for it to be in, come in and be a premium starter. And you never know in the first round where those guys come from. There's guys picked at the back of the first round that end up being, you know, really, really good. DeAndre Hopkins was the back of the first round guy. And you got guys at the top of the round that, that don't do so good. So um, I think we, when we talk scouting terms, you, you know, you've certainly got grade-wise guys that we think will come in and be, you know, day one impact players. Those guys typically are gone before we pick because we typically pick at the back of the round. Um, not a it, bad problem to have. It's not a terrible problem. I'm not complaining. But then you've got guys that you're really looking at year two, all right? So once this guy comes in, he gets acclimated, this guy can start for us, and we think we can win football games with him. So that's John Robinson speaking with me on the radio show about the instant impact that first-round picks can or cannot have depending on how things play out in that first round. Uh, We're going to continue to talk about this. You'll hear more from John Robinson here in just a second, as we move on live from the combine here in Indy, the question that I want to ask you guys is this 
since we're doing off-season business and how we're talking about this. Oh, by, by the way, what position should the Titans take in the first round? The Titans should take the position that most most quickly impacts their scenario. The person who can, I, I don't care what it is. If they think a tight end can get them over the hump, draft a tight end. If they think a wide receiver can get them over a hump, draft a wide receiver. If they think that a guard is the solution, draft the damn guard. Whatever you have to do, this is their year to capitalize on the competitive window that they're currently in. And it would be a damn shame for all of you who root for this football team and for the football team, the people who who are tasked with making these moves, for Mike Vrabel, for you know, Ryan Tannehill, for Derrick Henry, for all of them, if they don't capitalize right now. What position should they take? I don't care. Just take somebody who can play right away. That is my biggest, my biggest thing. Impact, instant impact. If you can get them in there, get them going, you can make significant strides as far as where this roster is right now, and that probably means tight end or wide receiver. So let's uh, let's continue this discussion about offseason business because we also talked to John today about Harold Landry, another, my second takeaway uh, from John Robinson and Mike Frabel's media availabilities today. The question that I want to ask you is this. Are you for or against re-signing Harold Landry? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together. Give me your response in the comments section. You'll hear from John on that momentarily right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. Gary Ashton, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, and by the way, the number one REMAX team in the world. Congratulations to Gary. I know they're at a convention in Vegas right now, and they just received that honor. That's why you use the Ashton team, because they are number one. They are the number one team at getting you exactly what you need, whether it's more money in the sale of your home in this crazy Nashville real estate market or your dream address without the stress as you try to find your perfect new home. GaryAshton.com is where you go. So are you for or against bringing Harold Landry back? Donald on Facebook Live says he's for resigning Landry. I'm just not for what it would cost roster-wise. So that's that's a big part of the conversation, right? Cost-benefit analysis. Because Alex O'Connor says, do we bring back Foreman or Darrington Evans? I know we can't bring back both. I mean, theoretically, you could bring back both Alex, but um, I mean, Darrington Evans is on the roster. So like he's coming back either way. What I'll, what I'll say to you is I don't think the Darrington Evans experiment is going to last much longer. He has done absolutely nothing for this football team at this point. And injuries are a problem for him. But other than that, like there's been precious little discussion about what he can actually do for this football team. So when you kind of boil it down to what it will cost you as far as the roster is concerned, you have to look at, well, Jeff is on the horizon. They've already talked to A.J. Brown's uh, uh, party, their, uh, his representation at CAA, about a potential extension. So that contract that contract is already starting to develop, or at least it's starting to be talked about between the agents and the general managers. You understand that Harold is going to make north of $16.5 million a year, because that's what Bud makes, right, if you bring him back. So you know that somebody is going to pay him that money. Now, is he a great candidate for the franchise tag at 17 flat? Or is it a situation where you look at it and you say, um, where you look at it and you say, yes, for, for the purposes 
of, for the purposes of this particular discussion, Harold Landry makes the most sense this year at that high dollar amount, even if it's going to end up costing me elsewhere on this year's roster. Or if you re-sign him, as Rod, a coach, says on Twitter, re-sign him, that front four is too important. There's a lot of great reasons to do it. There are some reasons not to, obviously. And that's exactly what we talked about with John Robinson earlier today. Going into year seven, you have always rewarded guys when their second contracts are coming up who have been committed to the cause, who have been durable, and who have been productive, whether it's Lawan or Bayard, Derek, Tannehill. Now you've kind of got a sim- similar situation like that with Harold Landry. How do you what's, – what's kind of the cost-benefit analysis – of a player like Harold when you're looking at where you are financially against a player that's at a premium position and who has done just about everything humanly possible to live up to that expectation for you guys. Yeah, Harold's done a great job. You know, he's a guy that we, um, you know, we, we thought a lot of when we traded up and, and took him. Um, he's played a couple different spots for us. Um, his He's been productive year in and year out. Some years statistically sack-wise have been better than others. You know, I certainly – uh, he he played good for us. I think he benefited from some pieces that sure. we had around him, and I think some of those pieces that we had around him benefited from him. That's that's football. That's a team. Um, but we're working to try to keep uh, trying to keep Harold. We've had some discussions. We'll have another uh, meeting this week, and then we'll talk after. And we've got a couple weeks here before the deadline, and um, you know when free agency starts. And um, you know we love Harold, and, and we want to try to keep Harold. But that that balance of like. You know, how far can you go sure. is something that, that we have to be mindful of and we have to work through. So that's J-Rob on the radio show talking about Harold today. And you 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 know, you, you can clearly hear him working through that process with you in real time. Like, Harold does a lot of great things for the defense. Also, the defense does a lot, a lot of great things statistically for Harold. His, his uh, you know, his desire is to be, well paid, obviously. John is going to have to take that into account when they're trying to figure out future salary cap considerations like A.J., Jeffrey, if Nate Davis ends up getting another contract here, who's to say? We don't know yet. But are you for or against bringing Harold Landry back in some form or fashion, right? I'm not I'm not nailing you down to would you sign him to a long-year deal or would you franchise tag him right away or would you let him walk? Like I'm saying, bring him back, yes or no. However they get it done, are you with it? even if you understand that the money is going to be substantial this year. David says he wants too much money. Graham Begg on Facebook Live says, you know, at the right price, of course. And again, who's who's to say what the right price is other than the market? If the market says that Harold Landry is worth $17.5, million, then the market is going to see that Harold Landry gets paid $17.5 or $18 million. That is the way that this thing works, especially when you know that the salary cap is going up the way that it is absolutely projected to go up at this point. So for for from my standpoint, I, I can totally see a world in which they don't do it for a lot of different reasons. I think future salary cap considerations being first and foremost, they they are they've got a lot of money invested in that line already that defensive line already. They're gonna have even more money invested in it because I mean Jeffrey is almost certain to get a second contract here here right so you have to basically say okay would you rather have Harold right now or Jeffrey um 
Well, I mean, you could have both of them theoretically, but then you're talking about all kinds of money that you've invested in that defensive line. And then there's just so there's only so much money to go around, even if the cap continues to go up because the salaries continue to go up because the television deals continue to go up and so on and so forth. As far as I'm concerned, I I would love to see them bring Harold back if I'm a Titans fan, because I love the way that they got after the quarterback if I'm a Titans fan, especially given how bad it was in 2020. But if you're talking about where that money is being taken from in future considerations with AJ and Jeffrey first and foremost on your mind, you don't have to pick one or the other, but there's definitely going to be an accounting for that at some point in the not immediate future. But, I mean, you can very quickly derail your your franchise if you put your salary cap in jeopardy, even if you don't think the salary cap is as concrete as uh, we're led to believe. Um, by all means, name of the game is to get the QB off his spot. Front four did that, says Coach on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, that is the name of the game, right? And Harold Landry is a big part of that. He's not the most important part of that, but he is a very, very helpful portion of how the Titans were able to affect the quarterbacks this year. Let's wrap things up on this uh, on this Wednesday night with a a quick look at the quarterback situation because – you know, in a lot of in talking to a lot of different people today, there are mixed opinions on the quarterbacks. Now, some people I talked to were down on Malik Willis and the way that he interviewed today. I saw, and a lot of you guys sent me the tweet from, um, I think two people, Stacy Dales and uh, Matt Miller, NFL Draft Scout on Twitter, who of course has been doing this forever. He talked to a lot of people who thought Malik Willis interviewed well. I I don't know what to say to that other than we we may be talking to different people. It's entirely possible. Right. This is how the NFL goes. Player one player could be number 15 overall for a team. And that same player on a different team's board could be number 48. These this is the way that the draft process typically works out. But should the Titans draft a quarterback this year is my question for you. Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter and on Twitch. We'll talk about it here in just a second. You'll hear from John Robinson on it here in just a second. Right after I remind you about DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A2Z Sports will get you ready to feel the excitement of conference championship, uh, conference championships in college basketball like never before. DraftKings Sportsbook is going to get you in position to cash in on the March Madness uh, on the tournament time with at conference tournament time with a five dollar bet that will get you two hundred dollars in free bets if the team you bet wins. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A2Z Sports. That's A-T-O-Z Sports in the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and it will get you on your way to betting $5 or more and winning $200 in free bets with promo code A2Z Sports in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call or text the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. So, would you draft a quarterback this year? Plain and simple, yes or no. Would you do it? Would you not? If you don't want to do it, why? If you want to do it, who would you want? I want to hear your thoughts on this because there's a lot of consideration that will go into this conversation um, as uh, things like Jameis Winston Workout videos continue to populate my timeline, which is just absolutely delightful. 
QB1 forever is Jameis Winston, as far as I'm concerned. But with the quarterback class this year, it's it, there's no consensus, right? You look at uh, you look at um, guys like Desmond Ritter, Bailey Zappi, uh, Carson Strong. You've got, of course, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, the uh, the most uh, Matt Corral, who is not throwing at the combine and seems to be, you know, I don't necessarily know that the ankle situation is in a place where it needs to be for him to be able to function at a high level. So with all that being said, with the uncertainty of the quarterback position, you're probably talking maybe one, two first-round quarterbacks this year. I mean, we had five go in the first round just a year ago. This is a much, much different class. But when you kind of boil it down to everything and you see where these guys could be, is it the worst thing in the world to take a quarterback? No. Is it off the table from John Robinson? No. Like we said, the, the priority is good football players. Is is the quarterback position off the table this year, or is no position off the table? No, I think we're always looking to you know to, to add players to the team that we think you know either from a developmental role uh, can help the football team, uh, from a depth role can help the football team. Um, you know, Logan's certainly done; he's improved. Um, you know, Ryan's done has made a bunch of great throws for us. Yeah. He's played a lot of good football for us. Uh, unfortunately, he had a bad game or two last year, and, and, and that sticks with you, especially when it's the last game of the year. Recency bias is tough. You know, so um, – and he knows he's got to be better, and I know he's going to work his tail off to be better and improve, uh, just like all of our players are. Um, but I think that position – you know, you're, you're always looking at that position because it's such an important position, maybe the most important position of the football team. Always looking at that position. And in his media availability with the rest of Titans media, he did acknowledge that, you know, it's time to start thinking about a succession plan because at a certain point you don't know what the future is going to hold for somebody like Ryan Tannehill. So right now it's on the table. It's on the table every year. It was on the table in 2020 when they took, uh, who's my guy out of Hawaii, Cole McDonald. That didn't pan out the way. Uh, you might have liked for it to either uh, Logan Woodside is undefeated, never lost as far as knocking other quarterbacks off from the backup position. So if you can find an upgrade for Logan Woodside and in the event that you find somebody that can actually push Ryan Tannehill for the starting spot, if not this year, then next year, then it's a, it's a legitimate conversation worth having. Is that guy in this draft class? I don't think so. I think that patience is probably the best way to operate I know 2023 seems like an eternity away and things get much more uncertain as far as that. Cause like Tannehill is all, all but a certainty right now on your roster, future considerations, who's to say, so better to have the devil, you know, on the roster with a plan, at least to replace him. I get the need for that. And that guy may be out there. There may be a perfect opportunity for Tennessee to capitalize on that. But I think as far as this year's roster is concerned, there's a lot of other needs that need to make this thing go. And how the Titans get there, I don't know the backup quarterback this season is the outright solution. That's going to do it for us tonight on the Primetime Show. Again, early tomorrow, our last show of the week, and then early again on Sunday night because I'm on Eastern time. It's already 9 p.m. Eastern here. I love you guys, but I don't want to be working from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. So we're going to do the Primetime Show early the, last, the next uh, two shows, and then we'll be back on our normal schedule when I come home on Monday afternoon. Radio show tomorrow, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have our buddy Greg Cosell of NFL Films. We're going to have John Ledyard, one of the best scouts in the media business, working for Pewter Report. We're going to have Rhett Bryan of Titans Radio and Eddie O'Reilly, who is the Ukrainian-based Titans fan who has been escaping 
in the process with his family of escaping the country while Russia invades and looking forward to catching up with that. He apparently he's going to be on a bus transport from where wherever they are now. I think Bucharest is what my producer Lucas told me, the radio show producer Lucas told me. So uh, apparently they're going to be on a uh, on a bus ride from uh, on a bus ride from uh, Bucharest to somewhere in Germany as they escape Ukraine. And so looking forward to catching up with Eddie O'Reilly, the Ukrainian-based Titans fan, tomorrow on the radio show. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of combine coverage coming. Prime time again tomorrow night. Make sure you read the article up at a to zsports.com about this draft process. And, uh, and we'll go from there. See y'all.